This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. Well, let's get back into Acts chapter 8. We've been in the book of Acts. We've been studying the moving of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we have been going through the Bible from the beginning, looking at different areas of the Holy Spirit. And just to uh, go over that real quickly, we saw the Holy Spirit as the wind in Genesis. Then we saw it as the Spirit of as strength on mighty, uh, mightily on Samson. We saw the Spirit of God descend as a dove on Jesus. And then we had that lesson on the Holy Spirit as the comforter to each and every one of us. And then uh, we got down to the book of Acts chapter 2 where we saw that great event that took place in the upper room. And that was the Holy Spirit came as wind, fire, and tongues we saw in that uh, Acts chapter 2. And that really began to set on fire the church. After that point, souls begin to be saved, be added to the church daily. And a lot began to take place uh, in there. And then we're finding some of the things that are going to take place after that event. Last time that I uh, taught the lesson, we talked about something that was a little bit different that we don't maybe think about, and that was lying to the Holy Spirit. And we brought out the lesson of Ananias and Sapphira, how they came sold that property, came to the apostles like a lot of them were doing at that particular time because they were in one accord. Whatever people could sell, whatever they could gather together, whatever they had to give to the apostles' feet, then the apostles would take it all and distribute it to those that were in need. And so uh, at this particular uh, lesson, we found two that came in and lied about what they, how much they had received from selling the property that they had. And it wasn't that they had to give everything, but the thing was the Holy Spirit began to work with Peter and began to let him know that something was not right, that they had, they had conceived in themselves, they had agreed with themselves to uh, be deceptive about this situation. And so we found that Peter called him out on it and uh, individually, Ananias first, and, get, and uh, because of what the Lord did, of course he struck him dead and they came, took him out. His wife came in later. Um, and, and she had an opportunity to make things right. But once again, we talked about as the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us with different things in our life, we can make a choice with that. We can listen to the Holy Spirit, and that's really what we're going to be talking about in the lesson a lot today. We can obey the Holy Spirit, or we can turn the Holy Spirit away and say, I'm, I'm too busy, i got something else on my mind, I don't want to do what you want me to do. So... And saying that, let's get to Acts chapter 8. And he'll begin by getting verse number 5 up on the 
board and because up on the screen because we we're talking about Philip and so that's why I want to go straight on to verse uh, 5 and what is going to be happening here. Many of you are familiar with this particular part of the scripture uh, but I believe there's some things in there that we can pull out the Lord has led us to teach on today. So verse 5 says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsy, that were lame and were healed. We'll come back and talk about some of these things in a moment. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man named Simon who before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. And Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and the signs which were done. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whosoever I lay hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto them, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, if, thy, if this thy wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Once again, that's the Holy Spirit working through him, letting him know that. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come unto me. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. And then we get to the meat of the lesson here. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. He arose and went. Behold, a man of Ethiopia an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot read Isaiah the prophet. 
Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? He said, How can I accept some man should guide me, and he desired Philip that he would come and come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, like a lamb dumb before his shearers, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on the way, they came to a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Astos, and passing through, he preached into all cities until he came to Caesarea. So this particular passage of Acts chapter 5 shows us several things here that the Holy Spirit worked through Philip. Philip had a decision to make when the Holy Spirit prompted him to do so. He could have said yes, he could have said no, he could have said wait, he could have said many other things, but the main thing that we want to get into here this morning is that Philip was doing a great work. And while he's doing a great work where he was at, the Holy Spirit said, hey, I've got somewhere else I want you to go. i got a strange mission I want you to go to. I want you to go to Gaza. I want you to go to a desert reason, and that region, and then I want you to get up and get with a chariot there. And he obeyed the Holy Spirit. And because of it, the results of it, an Ethiopian official believed and followed the Lord in baptism. You know, I thought about it today. How many of us came to know the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and it wasn't through necessarily a preacher leading you to Christ? What Was it something else? Was it someone else? And by a preacher, I don't always mean a member of the clergy or a church employee. I'm talking about... A preacher can be a parent that led you to the Lord, a family member that led you to the Lord, a friend, just about anyone who shares Jesus with you. We are all messengers of the gospel. We all have that opportunity to do that. And I hope that you don't think the only time people get saved is right here on Sunday morning. Thank you. Praise the Lord for those that do get saved here. And we rejoice over that. But there are so many other opportunities during the week and so many other areas that we need to be open and aware that the Lord could use us to minister and talk about Jesus to them. I'm not taking away by any means the importance of a preacher. 
In fact, Romans 10, 14 makes it very clear. And it says, How then shall they call on Him on whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Let me tell you, Philip was the preacher at this particular time to this eunuch. He was the preacher. He was the one that explained it. He was the one that told about it. He's the one that was able to lead him to Jesus. And we all can have that opportunity. You know, I think about Paul. He would know about that. You look at the book of Acts alone and see how often Paul just preached and preached and preached every opportunity that he had. It didn't matter if he had been thrown in prison and gotten out. It didn't matter what condition his body was in, where he was at. If Paul had an opportunity to preach and the Holy Spirit prompted him to preach and say, go and do it, Paul would do it. And we need to be aware that we have that opportunity many times just to tell someone about Jesus. Now, Philip here, most likely not the Apostle Philip. We don't know anything about him except that he's mentioned in this New Testament area here, but maybe one of the original seven men called deacons by some. But I want to go and look at that again and, and, and go back to verse number 5, if you will, in Acts chapter 8. And let's look at what has taken place here. And we'll do 5 through verse 8 again. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord. You remember back in Acts chapter 2 when, when everything began to take place? It says that they were all in one accord. It's very important that we are all focusing on the same message, the same thing that God wants us to do. So they're, they're in one accord and they gave heed. They listened to the things which Philip spake. They were hearing it and seeing the miracles which he did. Now, <clears throat> Philip wasn't doing the miracles. God's doing the miracles, but he's working through Philip. He's using Philip. Verse number 7, For these are some of the miracles. Unclean spirits crying with live voices came out of many that were possessed with him, and many taken with palsy that were lame were healed. I mean, there's revival breaking out down there. And because of it, look, there was great joy in the city. So when we see that Philip went down, geographically Jerusalem was at a higher elevation, so he is going down to the area of Samaria. And he's going down there not to be on vacation, not to go down there and make a name for himself, but he's going down there to preach Jesus. He's going down there to do the most important thing. And Philip stayed in this particular city for a period of time. And as he's there... He's preaching Jesus. Miracles are taking place. And he was there when Peter and John are going to arrive and come down from Jerusalem. And we are going to see that as they came down, they had a work. No doubt they had been sent by the Holy Spirit and prompted to go down there. They probably got news that Philip was doing a great work down there. Things are happening down there. So they're going to go down there and they're going to help out and do whatever they can do as well. So we kind of skip over a few verses here about Simon. We read through it at the beginning of the lesson, but the lesson is not about him. 
this morning. That's a whole different message in how Simon thought that he would saw something that he could make a gain for himself. You know, that's, that's the thing that we have to watch today about people that we hear preaching on TV and the radio is that what are they in that for? What are they doing their ministry for? Is it to reach souls for Christ? Or is it to build financial things for themselves? Is it, is it for some other reason? But you find that Philip was down there preaching Jesus, doing exactly what needed to be done, and people were needed to be healed, people needed to be made alive, and because of that, all of this was taking place. And of course, old Simon, he saw this thing, and he, he had been around making money for himself. People knew him very well. He thought he'd jump on a bandwagon here and be part of something that uh, his heart was not in the right place, and we read that. But go to verse number 14, if you will. <coughs> Excuse me. And look at what it said. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem, that's these apostles that came down. That's, that's Peter that's coming down, and that's John that's coming down, heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent unto them Peter and John. So here they come down. And they're going to come down here to try to help out in this situation. And so as, as they come down here, they know that they have a job to do for the Lord as well. Verse 15 says, Who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. So I want you to understand some things that are going to be taking place here. I don't want to try to get in too deep with some of this uh, this morning, but you got to realize that when Acts chapter 2, Jesus said, go back and wait for the promise, the Holy Spirit came down and fell on them that were in the upper room. Gave them that power to go out and reach others with the gospel. Now, that's, that's the beginning of it. So things are progressing a little bit at the time, but God's keeping the church in check. And you'll find that as these men came down, what was the reason they were down there? That they were, that for as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the Lord Jesus Christ. They had received the Lord, and they had even been water baptized, many of them. But the Holy Spirit had not fell upon them like it had back in the upper room when they were all together in one area. So when Peter and John said, we're going to go down here, and the Lord gave us this power to go down and lay our hands upon them, we find, we're finding out they're part of the church now. They've received the Lord. They've even been baptized. But now they need to receive that power that we had fall upon us. So it was needful that these apostles came down and they began to pray. They began to lay on of hands. And you got to remember, there, there's no such mention of laying on of hands when the 3,000 were saved and baptized. There's, there's no mention of that when you go back and look at that. But you'll see here that uh, it's like uh, Acts chapter 2 
we know that, that Peter said, be baptized every one of you and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they were baptized and doubtless did receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We know today that when we are saved, the Holy Spirit comes into our life because things have progressed on down through the ages to where this is how the Lord works now. But see, just like old Simon here, if, if things were to take place like this back then, a lot of people would misuse this thing and they would say different things. So this way, people knew Peter and John. They knew Philip. They saw these men come down and lay hands so they knew it was from God, not something some man concocted. They knew it was something that God was doing in their life so that people couldn't just misunderstand that. We'll talk about today how we know that folks that are truly saved today. We know when, when you are saved, you remember when you got saved and you, and you wanted to follow the Lord in baptism because that was an outward sign of what has already taken place inside. So we find that in this particular area, and I just jotted uh, down some extra notes on this so that we could kind of understand it. There's not any mention of such thing in the case of thousands who are baptized at Jerusalem at the, on the apostles preaching. But here we are in Samaria. And that again is a different area. It's a different place here. The baptism at Jerusalem was performed by the apostles themselves. The Holy Ghost was given because what? God had promised it. Go and wait for the promise. So he promised that. But here in Samaria, we find that there was preaching being done. There was baptizing being done. And there was a danger of saying, hey, that's all right. Everything's taken care of down there. You didn't want all these independent groups of people springing up saying, well, I'm of this and I'm of that and I got this and I got that. So the apostles went down and said, we're going to lay on hands and God's going to do the work. And so that's what they did. And so it was very important is that down there in, the, in, in Samaria. So we find that's why when the gospel began to spread later on, it continued to spread, that there were visible spiritual gifts given by the laying on of hands by the apostles and by praying. And it was all done through God using these men. So it's very important to, so that nobody like Soul Simon could come back and say, hey, you know, I got this, and if you'll pay me, I'll help you do this, and I can do this for you, and I'll use it for gain. No. We could, he couldn't do nothing like that. And that's why he was rebuked and said, you're wrong. And so the same thing today, we need to realize the things that we see, not everything you see on the Internet, not everything you see on the TV is of God. You have to realize that, especially in the day we live in today, you see more and more of this stuff coming up. So it is very important to see what is going to take place. All right, let's go to verse number 25. Verse 25 in Acts chapter 8. And when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. So so John, Peter, they all they went back after they had done what they were supposed to do then. Now here, 
we find what taking place. The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south into the way which goeth down from Jerusalem and to Gaza, which is desert. So the Holy Spirit had used Philip down here, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of that, he says, Philip, it's time for you to go do something else right now. So he had a plan for him. And to his credit, Philip said, I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to do what you want me to do. You know, oddly enough, the Spirit's first command may not have made much sense to Philip. I mean, here he is. Things are happening right where he's at. People are being healed and and saved and baptized. All these things are going on. And all of a sudden, you want me to leave all of this all of a sudden and go down to a desert area? That probably didn't make no sense to him. It was was in an area not too far from Jerusalem, but the Spirit said, go to the road that's leading to Gaza. And so we need to realize as he's going, he's going to a desert place. It's a deserted area. At any rate, Philip was many miles, several days from where the Spirit wanted him to be. In fact, uh, Bible scholars believe that he was almost a week's journey away from the area that the Spirit was leading him. Did he go there? Look at verse 27. It says, He arose and went. He obeyed, didn't he? He didn't say, "Well, I I don't know about this. I don't. Let's let's think you know think on it a little bit. Let me sleep on it a while." I I think that he realized I need to go do what the Spirit wants me to do. And he went. And what did he find? A man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. And this is the kind of authority that he had. He was in charge of all her treasure. But notice what this Ethiopian had come to do. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. He had, he had in his heart said, I want to go and worship to God. I want to do the right thing. So Philip arrived and probably just in time to see someone, or more likely it was a group of people that were traveling with the Ethiopian unit because he wasn't going to travel by himself. He was a man of Ethiopia. He was in great authority. He was in charge of her treasure. He was a good man, a good character, good conduct. Someone like him would not be traveling alone especially as far away from Ethiopia as it was at the time. But the reason this man was taken away from Ethiopia was surprising. And I love that scripture that it says he had come to worship. Now how could a man from as far away as Ethiopia, that's south of Egypt at the time, even know the Jewish faith and decide to visit Jerusalem? It's possible and it's, it could be a stretch, but that some of the Ethiopians had become Jews as well. Then again, some Jews may have been genuine Hebrews who settled willingly or otherwise in Ethiopia. I, I don't know just how that took place, but the Jewish faith had, had arrived there at some, some way, somehow. So this official, he's coming back to Ethiopia. He's already been to Jerusalem and he's coming back. 
and he's coming back empty-handed. And it's anybody's guess how much he had taken as to regards of clothing, food, so forth and so on. There's no supermarket stops on the way from Ethiopia to, to Jerusalem. So he had supplies, but he had also purchased a book, a scroll, actually. And that book was a copy of Isaiah. Remember that book in and the King James refers to it as a scroll, a leaf-to-leaf form book. It was rare in existence. Scrolls, by the way, looked like something that was very hard to manage. They were rolled up parchment paper. And they, the message was recorded on this paper and one would stick to the other. I can only imagine how hard it was to unstick it and try to keep it open and read it and study it and look at it. It wasn't like we have our Bibles today. But he opened the book of Isaiah and he, and he was trying to read it. He was trying to understand it. And so we get the idea, and I can appreciate the scribes that had to put together these scrolls on this parchment paper and these books must have been very painstaking work. But let's look at Philip. He's the preacher now. He's, he's received directions from the Holy Spirit to head to Gaza. And I, I want to stop and say, have you ever received instructions in your heart from the Holy Spirit to do something? Have you ever felt really led to do something? Maybe it wasn't, didn't make no sense when you got it. It, it didn't seem to, to uh, be something that you wanted to do. But the important thing is we don't push the Holy Spirit aside, but we say, yes, I'll do what you've led me to do. I can look back on my life many times, and I see times when I knew the Holy Spirit wanted me to do something, and I got up and did it. I went, I did it, but there were times that I know that I pushed Him aside and said, well, somebody else would do it. I don't really feel comfortable doing it we can come up with all kinds of excuses. But the thing is, we need to realize when the Holy Spirit wants us to do something and tells us to do something, it's important that we follow through with that. So the Ethiopian official's headed back home. He's got this copy of Isaiah. He's reading the portion in the Word of God, and there is a lot in that book, but something just doesn't make sense to him. It just isn't right. Look at verse number 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Philip, here's the second command. The first one was to go down to Gaza. Second, to join near to this chariot. He speaks the second time. You know, the Holy Spirit could speak to us the second time, the third time. I don't know how many times it may speak to us And if we don't obey, he may move on to someone else to do whatever needs to be done. But this particular time, he obeys once again. Now verse number 30 says, Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understand, understandest thou what thou readest. So Philip is in the area of the chariot the chariot's moving along at a, at a good little pace. Not wide open running, but moving faster than walking. And so Philip, of course, 
begins to run. He begins to join himself up to the chariot. <laughs> you know, little things in this in this passage is like, Philip could say, well, now wait a minute. If you really want me to talk to him, then tell, command that chariot to stand still so I can just walk over there and get in it. But he's, he's going to run. He's got to run. He's got to catch up with the chariot. Not everything the Spirit tells us to do is going to be easy. Not everything's going to be laid at our feet. But sometimes it takes effort on us to go and do something uncomfortable to follow through with the Spirit of God. So Philip ran, and he catches up with him in the chariot, this high-ranking official, and he's reading this out loud, this passage here. And as it happened, it's just one of those God things that he was reading Isaiah 53. One of the clearest prophecies about the suffering Messiah. So verse number 30 and 31, he says in 31, he said, How can I accept some man should guide me in a desire that he would come up and sit with him? Do you understand what you're reading, sir? No, I don't get it. But I want to get it. It's interesting. I want to find out about it. Some people think it was almost rude that he questioned him like that, but it's not really. Listen, we, we have no way of knowing this, but maybe there was something in that official's voice, an hesitation, an uncertainty, that he wanted to understand that Scripture. And I say to you, what happens many times in our life is that people read something in the Bible and they don't understand it, and the Holy Spirit may lead you to talk to them about what that particular verse really means. And that can make all the difference in their life. Maybe maybe you, you have been through something that they are going through right now, and they need to talk to somebody and know how God brought you through that. And the Holy Spirit says, you've been through it, now you go and help them. You go and talk to them. Many times people don't fully understand like this official did. They don't understand that. But at any rate, the official didn't seem to think it was rude. He invited Philip up into the chariot. Sometimes people, you know, have you ever tried to help somebody and you get the feeling they don't want you to help them? (laughs) Sometimes that happens. Hey, could I pray with you? I'd like to talk with you. Well, no, I don't really want to talk about that. You know, sometimes they are like that. Sometimes, but the thing is, you have done what the Spirit has asked you to do. And many times what I think, what I found out has happened, when I shared with them, I wanted to help them and talk with them and pray with them, and they said no. Then I left, and they began to think about that later on and think, you know what? I would have probably been helped me out a lot if I would have talked to them, let them pray with me. And many times they'll come back later on and say, you know what? I would like you to talk to me. I would like you to pray with me. But this official replied to Philip's question by saying, how in the world can I know what you're talking about? I don't understand it. And the question too is still valid today. Like I said, many people try to figure out a given passage in the Scripture. And what happens is they take a verse out of context and try to make it fit their situation. And it's not that you've got to go and explain the whole Bible to them, 
But many times you have to tell, listen, what this, let me tell you what's happening right here in this verse. Let's read the verse before it. Let's read the verse behind it. Let's read the whole chapter instead of taking one verse out of it and see what was really taking place. So you're just helping them put things back into context. And that's important that we do that many times. So the official wanted to know. And he knew that Philip was there. Philip could guide him. You know, Philip was there at the right time, the right place, with the right message. And that's the thing, class. The Holy Spirit knows the right time, the right place, and the right message with you to come along with that to help someone else. So, look at verse 32. I know my time's getting away. And the place in the Scripture where he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter like a lamb dumb before his shearer, and so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation for his life taken from this earth? And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this or himself or some other man. Of course, it was talking about Jesus. It was a prophecy of Jesus, but he had no idea what he was talking about. So the results, Philip opened his mouth, began at the same Scripture, and preached Jesus unto him. You see how Philip went? <clears throat> you know, sometimes when you go and talk to somebody and you're trying to help them spiritually, they like to turn the conversation around to something else totally different other than Jesus. And you have to be careful of that. You've got to turn it back around to Jesus. No, I'm here to tell you about your soul. I'm here to talk about what's going to happen with you when you die. I'm here to talk about what Jesus did for you on the cross. We're not talking about the weather right now. We're not talking about sports. We're not talking about what I'm wearing. Let's get back on the subject Well, why I'm here, why the Holy Spirit sent me here. So we have to be careful and do that. <clears throat> well, my time is right. <laughs> and uh, I was hoping to get a lot further. I know how it is, Brother Danny. You hope you can get, get everything done, but you just can't do it. But we're going to find out how important it was that Peter, I mean that Philip did exactly what the Holy Spirit asked him to do. And it's, that's the lesson today. We have got to listen to the Holy Spirit and do what He asks us to do. People's souls are in the balance. And even if they're saved, there's other things in their life they're going through. They need spiritual help. And God may be using you to do that. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.